Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today we're talking sex, lies and influencer marketing with Pierre Casuto. Pierre, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Joel. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. So uh, for the uninitiated, just tell us a little bit about you, please. Sure. So my name is uh, Pierre Casuto. I'm uh, the Chief Growth Officer for Humans Globally. We are an influencer marketing startup, uh, originally from Tel Aviv, but we're now in six countries, Brazil, India, US, uh, South Africa, Turkey. And, uh, and basically, you know, we're trying to make influencer marketing easier, more accessible and safer for business owners out there and creators. Sure, sure. So how, how did you get to this point? How, how did humans come about? So my background, I'm French originally, so I might say excuse my French a couple of times on the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully I won't have to. Um, and I moved to South Africa when I was a teenager. Uh, and I was, and from there, I was involved in agencies, creative agencies for quite a few years in the media world. And really, you know, influencer marketing is a convergence of the creative world and the media world. Sure. All of a sudden, rather than having to go first to like a creative agency to get your designs done and then going to a media agency or a media owner to get your content distributed, all of a sudden you've got access to both of them. And I found that was fascinating that, you know, an individual kind of person could do both roles, give you access to that insights, to that content, to that media distribution without having to go through the standard value chain. And, and I thought that was an opportunity, uh, not unlike what you might've seen like with transportation with Uber or with, you know, other industries that were disrupted by all of a sudden, a whole lot of people being able to come in and do something more efficiently than the traditional players. Sure. And so, um, and so I became involved in humans as a, as a tech startup. One of my friends who's a, a VC investor said to come to me, come with me to Tel Aviv so you can meet, you know, this, this small startup and I fell in love and I joined the company and the rest is history. Amazing. And I guess for our listeners, how would you best explain influencer marketing? Sure. So, in two ways. The first way is, is the one that I started speaking about a little bit earlier, which is this idea that for many, many years, media distribution was stuck or, or controlled by a few key players, like newspaper owners, television networks. And so if, if, you're, if you wanted to reach a whole lot of people very quickly and efficiently, you had to go to one of those big media brokers. What happened with social media platforms, obviously, is that they started taking uh, more of those audiences. But the content from social media platforms is not provided by the social media platforms. It's created by individuals, users of those social media platforms. And some of those social media users became power users, started building big amount of followers, big audiences. And they essentially became, you know, the media owners of today. They became the people that are able to create content, build an audience and distribute to that audience. The one big caveat, which we can talk about later in the, the lies part, the sex part, the lies part, we'll see, uh, is how, you know, actually they don't really control that audience. And, and we'll get into that in more detail. But the point is, all of a sudden, rather than having to go to a big radio station or television channel, it might be more efficient for you to go to individual creators that rent or own the audiences on social media and say, hey, I need your help to promote my products. Tell me what you think about my products or my services. Uh, tell me how your audience perceives them. And let's work together to create some content some, or some kind of sponsorship or some kind of promotion or whatever else we think is relevant for your audiences that helps them, you know, think that I'm a cool brand or that I 
you know, uh, have something that's interesting for them and hopefully will result in some sales for me. So you are able to get, you know, tap into the audience, get the content, get the insight from one place all of a sudden, rather than going to like three different suppliers and having a six to nine month process to do that. So that's the, that's the essence of influencer marketing and the promise of it. The flip of that coin is that influencer marketing is the new digital. It's a word that everybody is using now to describe pretty much everything because it's a movement that's happening across the entire advertising industry. It's a, it's a transition of the advertising industry from like a few key suppliers to, you know, many, many suppliers. Everything is influencer marketing and it's the new gold rush. And like any gold rush, you have, you know, gold that you can find in deserts, but you've also got, you know, bandits, desperados, and a whole lot of fools that get lost on their way. So it really is a, an industry that is being defined still. And it's really a, something that is a catchphrase for the transformation of the industry rather than a specific channel or a specific specialty, how, you know, many people are, are portraying it right now. Sure. So I guess that's really interesting. What's, um, what's a typical bandit that you've come across? Oh, well, there's, there's a couple. I think there's, there's the bandits who know they're bandits, you know, and are kind of unscrupulous about it. And so there's a lot of fraud happening on social media right mm-hmm. now. And if I told you that if you go to Russia, you can go to a mall and there are distributors that you can go to, put a few rubles in and you can buy followers and likes on your social media accounts. That's true. Those machines exist. And, and they exist in the form of websites as well that other people have access to. So, so one form of bandit is, you know, people that create fake social media accounts or create a social media account and buy a ton of followers and a ton of likes and, and basically pretend to have an audience and marketers who know, who don't know better say, Hey, this person has a million followers. They must be the real deal. Like this, the only data I have, it's the only information I have. So they must be the real deal. And let me work with them. And, um, and that's one type of Bennett and it, and the internet is rife with them. Um, about 20% of all social media accounts that they are fraud, uh, across most platforms. So it just gives you like a good indication of just how dangerous the, the ocean is out there for, for marketers and just for in general, for people. Um, the, the, the kind of lesser kind of fraud I would say is, you know, specialist businesses and agencies that, as I say, sell it, sell influencer marketing is a specialty that is complicated, difficult to understand. And you need them as a guide in order to thrive. You need the expert, because only the expert knows what's happening. And, you know, just like you had digital agencies and all digital agencies got rolled back into mainstream agencies. Now you have influencer marketing agencies and influencer marketing divisions. And they all, I believe that down the line, they will all get rolled back into the main practice because ultimately what we're seeing here is an evolution of the practice rather than a, than a separate stream and a separate media channel. And why that's important is because influencer marketing is actually really simple. It is not complicated. It's, it just means unlearning some of the bad habits we have as marketers sometimes, which are, you know, treating everything like a transaction, treating people like, and, and impressions and, and, and marketing initiatives, like buying bags of potatoes. And instead going back to simple principles of saying, I want to understand who my customers are. I want to talk with my customers. I want to talk with people who are, you know, influential, with the rest of my customers. And, you know, I want to understand from them what they want from me, and I want to work with them to build value for them. And that's ultimately what influencer marketing is, understanding who are the people that are influential within the communities that you're trying to, to target and having and building a relationship with them. And then obviously building value for both sides. What is going to help them and, and from a value perspective, whether that's, you know, sponsorships, payments and, 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 and uh, 
um, in cash or you know other forms of barter that that might be kind of even more valuable to them, exposure, et cetera, et cetera. And on your side, you know, ultimately building consideration with your target audience, if you know who that target audience is, and ho- hopefully also the results in sales for your business that you can then measure and track through your relation with that influencer. So that's that's really interesting. Twenty percent of all social media accounts are fake. That's uh, that's scary, isn't it? And I think um, something we come across as well is everybody understood when, let's say, uh, a sports brand sponsored a footballer to wear their football boots. That that makes sense because everyone knows that they're definitely a footballer. And when they wear those boots, more people will buy those boots if if they're good. <laughs> where, right. where in the influencer space, some of these people are only famous within the space. So, so for a brand that doesn't know any better, they might not know if the person is real or fake. I think, and, and I think there's a couple of kind of layers to what you said. The first one is this idea of, you know, I, I'm going to work with all these creators and all these people and I don't need to get to know them. I think that's, yeah. that's a mistake. If you want to do that, buy ads. Like ads is a much more cost-efficient way to get reach. If you want to get reach your target audience, you can do a targeted media campaign where you have no wastage or very little wastage. You'll only target the people you're going for and you'll be able to buy at a much more efficient CPM rate, right? Like mm-hmm. your or CPC or CPE, whatever you're trying to target. But the point is you'll, you'll be able to buy the performance you want at the targeted audience you're looking for. That's what you're buying from, um, from ads, from influencer marketing when and, and i don't know if you've noticed but like people are not referring to inf- influencers anymore that's like passe that's from last year <laughs> now we talk about creators and i think that's significant and the reason why is because there's, there's a small shift in consciousness around the fact that actually what you're buying here is not just reach and impressions uh, and we can talk again when we get to life part we can talk about influence and what that really means but we you're buying like the, the, the mind space and the ear of someone who hopefully understands your target audience in a niche because they're addressing that audience all the time. It's their followers, their audience, and is able to say to you, how are you going to have an impact within that community? And together you can collaborate to create content that is meaningful. The best content creators, you know, don't just read out a message like a live read on radio. They create, you know, they try to advertise this product and they try and they create content ultimately that their audience will understand around that advertiser's product. Like the best creators have very custom, like very creative execution on their sponsors' uh, content, right? And you, when you hear it, it sounds like a trusted recommendation because ultimately what you know audiences expect from creators that they trust is that they're not going to sell to them or sell them out, right? They're going to give them like whatever they're going to pitch to them is going to be stuff that actually is going to make a positive difference in their life. That's huge, isn't it? I think the positive difference point is a massive thing that if you create relationships with, with creators or influencers and get to know what will actually positively impact them and therefore positively impact the audience, you're creating a powerful form of advertising that, that you otherwise could never create. So, I mean, if you think about it, like the, the ideal way as a, as a business owner to think about creators is that the creators should be, like the dream VIP customers that you have or wish you had, right? And so it's people that are the right fit for your for your product or your service. And they want to use it themselves. Like they're not 
the right fits. Like they're not in the right kind of realm of, of which you, of, of a creator that you want to build a relationship with. And you want them to tell other customers how great you are and why they should go with you, whether it's on their show and you're sponsoring it, when somebody asks for a recommendation or, you know, whenever they have the chance to pitch it. And um, so there's, you know, there's different layers and ways you can then incentivize creators. But, but what's really important is this idea of partnership. Like, yes, you know, I, maybe I'm sponsoring your show and that's how we build our relationship, but maybe I'm incentivizing you on referrals and sales as well. So that you know, that, you know, you, you're helping me build my business, but you're getting something out of it too. And maybe it's, just quid pro quo. Hey, on top of the sponsorship, I've invited you to this event to meet these people. And, you know, you're going to invite me to meet, you know, potential customers and other people and will send me an opportunity when you see it. It's, but it takes relationships. It takes, you know, this idea of saying, I want to, I'm not buying bags of potatoes, you know, like I, I can buy ad impressions. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. So why is this, um, burst of creators influencers the the change in the advertising landscape proving proving a problem where where did the lies come in so there's a couple of there's a couple of them the first and the most obvious one is this concept of influence i'm an influencer what does that mean like influence is a relative concept like nobody is like an absolute influencer and yet in the early days and still almost to this day we, we put people in buckets of saying this person, an influencer, full stop. Mm-hmm. But as I said, influence is a relative concept. So it's really important to understand where is their potential influence? Like what is the context? What is the topic? What is it about? Just because I have 5 million followers doesn't mean you're going to buy anything from me, right? Like what are the things that are trusted buckets of information or, 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 or topic areas where I hold some kind of expertise? And at the, at the end of the day, there's really two, if you look at it from a, a more uh, scientific perspective, from a psychology perspective, there's really influence is made of two things. The first one is, is evaluating somebody's intentions. Like, do I believe you're a good person? Do I believe you have good intentions? Can I trust you, like, you know, that you have good intentions towards me? If you say something, you're not trying to con me or trick me. And that's really important. That's why people talk about authenticity when influence, around influencer marketing and why it needs to be there to be successful. And the second one, is around, are you able to carry out those intentions? So you might have really good intentions, but are you an expert or are you, do you know what you're talking about? Even though you might want to help me, like, is your advice coming from a place of knowledge or expertise? Have you tried this product yourself? Or are you just saying it without knowing anything about it? Are you talking about fashion when, you know, I follow you because of your fashion content? Or are you talking about, I don't know, electronics when I've never heard you talk about electronics before and I have no idea if you can make a good recommendations for me or not. So, so that fits, this idea of fit. And of influence being relative is something that's really just started to move as a shift. And most people still look at somebody with a lot of followers and go and say, oh, this person can sell anything. This person's an influencer. No, they're a creator and they're a creator within that space. They might hold influence around specific topics, but they are a creator. That's what they do day to day. They're not an influencer day to day. And I think that's, a, that's one of the big shifts that's happening when still talent managers, agencies, a lot of people are just still pitching people as just influencers full stop and they'll sell anything. So that's, I think, uh, like one of the big areas. And it might sound obvious, but when you're in the moment and when you're busy evaluating that campaign or looking at those profiles, people just forget that. Yeah. So what's uh, humans doing to help solve this problem? So we, 
as a technology company, uh, we have, we're a company with a cybersecurity background. And it sounds really weird in the marketing space because most, most marketing, most marketing technology companies have a social listening or a, you know, a marketing background or an ad tech background. We have a cybersecurity background. And so the first very important piece of tech that we built was the ability to understand who's real and who's fake on social media. Um, and why are they connected? Like what, what is the nature of their relationship? So if you have 5,000 followers, which of these followers are real, which of these followers are active and why do they follow you? And we do this by analyzing a combination of, you know, just understanding who they are. And, you know, is the person in the profile picture, the same person that appears on the timeline? Do they post? Do they, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then looking at who else do they follow? And what do they post about? So I'll give you a very simple example. But let's say you're a beautiful female fitness model based in California, right? All right, great. You might be a great figurehead or a great kind of uh, poster for if, uh, f- a female brand. But if I understand that your followers are, that your real and active followers are based in Russia, male, you know, and over the age of 50, then are you really going to sell you know, products to females based in California. Like, is that your audience? No. Like, and so understanding the nature of that relationship is really important to have a clue as to, you know, what might you hold influence over. And so that's one of the key aspects of our technology that we do is we don't take, you know, data at face value from social networks. We, and we audit it and we understand from there, like, what is the true relationship between a creator and the audience? That's a huge point you've just made there and something that's quite uh, difficult in the marketing space to explain that if somebody is good looking male or female and and in shape, that the people following them might not be their audience and that that's quite difficult when you're talking to a brand to say, well, yeah, they've got 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, but 80% of them are not following them because of who they are they're following them because of what they look like and then it diminishes the the value of the relationship exactly so remember if we go back to this to this definition of you know what influencer marketing is i mean you can find any model and get them to post for a billboard but that's not influencer marketing right it's the bundling of this idea of saying i can get my insights my content and my reach like my targeted reach within a specific person with a specific bundle so if you're just doing the content oh great poster great face i'm going to get great content okay that's fine but you're only doing that part you're not doing influencer marketing right yeah sure so how does the way humans does it make it more transparent and easier for for people that engage you so one of the other things about influencer marketing is that the kind of technology I spoke about now is, well, our technology is pretty unique, but even any solution for influencer marketing in general is normally within bundled within an enterprise solution, which is going to cost you forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year. And you've got to kind of buy that tech before you can even start playing around with it, mm-hmm. right? So it's a, it's very, uh, it's high risk if you're a small business owner, or even if you're a big business owner, to be honest, because you've got to sign that annual contract and you don't know if you're going to get any value for it, right? Yeah. So, so we've changed the game by completely removing this idea of annual contracts, but we're also offering complete transparency to both sides. And what I mean by that is you have the brand, as a brand owner, when you work with influencers, there's typically a lot of intermediaries as well. You might be dealing with an agency you know, that books them for you. You might be you know, a talent manager and each, every person takes a slice along the way. Um, 
the creators, whether they're dealing with a marketplace or an agent or an agency, might not know what the brand is actually paying them either, right? And what they're willing to offer. And so we're allowing both sides to connect directly. If there's an intermediary, they can stay in the middle, but both sides can see exactly what the transaction is. What am I getting? What am I expecting? What am I hoping for you to kind of do for me? Whether, like I said, it's insights, content, distribution, sales on an incentive basis. Like, you know, I've got my, my kind of scope of work and my contract and I've got a fee that's negotiated and the creator has the same thing on their side. And we make sure if the advertiser come in, we vet them. If the creator comes in, we vet them. We throw it in those different kinds of things. And we guarantee the transaction and the payment to both sides. So if you're a creator, you don't have to chase your payments. You know how much you're getting paid and you get paid on time. Even if the advertiser defaults, we guarantee that payment to you. And for us, that was really a big game changer because we saw that creators, like I said, were being treated like bags of potatoes. Like they were, you know, um, receiving kind of mass spam messages from advertisers, asking them to work with them. They didn't know if the advertiser was legit or not. Um, and most of the time they were saying, what you're hearing all the time is I spent all my time chasing payments. So that was one of the things that we wanted to fix on both sides, make it accessible to both sides, make it transparent on both sides and, and really incentivize both sides to work together in a better way. I'll give you one tiny example. We work with a, an e-commerce store in Israel um, and they're the largest e-commerce fashion store in Israel. Um, I don't know what the UK example equivalent would be, but you know the, the biggest e-commerce store where people go online to buy their fashion to get it delivered to their house. And we, what we did is we connected them to people that were already shopping at their store, big creators that were already shopping at the store, already ordering from them. And we simply built an affiliate system program for them where the creator can get 15% off any product that people buy, that they advertise and that people buy off their handle. So if I go to your profile, click on your link and buy that item, you know, within a week of me seeing that link and clicking on it from your profile, the influencer will get 15% commission. What we saw is those creators started buying more from the, from the store and started producing 12 times more content, 12 times more content than they were doing previously when they're being paid on the fixed fee. But why? Because they, were in, they could see their earnings in real time. They could see the impact they were having for the advertiser. And as a result, they were empowered to like, you know, generate their own money. In the way that was fulfilling for the advertiser, they were getting more sales. And for the creator, they were transparently seeing how many clicks, how many sales they were generating saying, geez, I got to do more of it. And as a result, like earning way more money and, you know, creating way more content for the advertiser too. That's amazing. So there's so many applications for that as well. That, that would work in any industry. But again, the, the creators that came in were people that were already shopping with the advertiser, knew the brand, love the brand. You know? so, so there's also that part of it that's important. I think it's important, like, if you're you know, a small business owner, understand who are the, your potential influencers you're working with and what is the nature of the relationship you can have with them. Not everybody can get George Clooney advertising. Them, sure. right? And even then, like, what would be the relevant kind of segment in which that might fit? Um, but to start and build, you know, like infer, influencer marketing ultimately is about accessibility and about being able to build like on a, from a small base into like a larger relationship and, and, and bigger and bigger kind of customers you can work with. Yeah. I mean, we, um, locally to us, there's a, a company that, that manufacture fire bowls for cooking on. They're like a, a posh barbecue and, uh, and they use, um, a relatively famous chef. He's actually been on the podcast. Um, and so all of his social, everything he does, he's always cooking on these fire bowls. And the relationship is amazing because he loves the product. 
He understands the best charcoal to use with the product. He understands what he should cook on the product, what he shouldn't cook on the product. And it's really cohesive. So it it almost doesn't feel like advertising at all because he would use the product whether he was being paid to do it or not. And that's 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 a perfect example of, of a relationship that can work really successfully. And what's beautiful is that it can be, you know, at the core of your strategy, which is good marketing, you know, taking care of customers, finding people that can endorse you and, and give you kind of referrals and, and speak positively of you because they really believe in what you do. That's like the core of, of, of marketing. But you can then expand into your traditional spaces. So I don't know what they did, but, you know, they might have taken that content and then pushed it as ads. They might have said, instead of our normal ads, we're going to take that content and push it into Facebook, push it into Instagram, like as, as paid for TikTok, as paid for ads. And, and that ad content performed seven to eight times better than agency-created content. That was a study that was released by Nielsen three years ago already. So influencer-created content, more authentic, provided it's authentic, performs way better than your kind of traditional uh, ad content that people turn a blind eye to because it's just, it's not trusted, right? Sure, yeah, it's like... Uh... It's like content that includes an example, a, a demonstration and a testimonial all within the creative where, you know, we're an agency and sometimes when you're trying to create new creative for ads or even just for organic social, it's very hard to have social proof without either a very happy customer or a creator who uses that product a lot. And people can tell the difference between manufactured and authentic, like really can. Yeah. Like, you know, people keep saying like, um, oh, and the content needs to be more authentic, more authentic, but here's the script. You must read this. And again, that's not influencer marketing. That's a great kind of brand ambassador endorsement strategy, but you know, it's not what you're trying to get out of influencer marketing. You don't want to script it. You want to hear like what you should be doing as a marketer. You should be listening with your two ears and speaking with your one mouth, right? Like yeah. not the other way around. So it's, um, it's what you described works because probably this person was allowed to do exactly what they wanted and express, you know, what like they thought the real quality of the product was and why they liked the brand or not. Yeah. I think whenever somebody tells you, whenever somebody's going to give you a, a, like a referral, they'll say, you know, I really like this and this and this about it. Eh, they could improve this and that. Like, but still, like, I really think it's the best option out there. That's what a real person tells you. So why wouldn't that be how somebody can describe your product and service that you're trying to sell? Like, be real. Like, that's what you want. Absolutely. That's what people look for. I always say, I think people would be disappointed if they went to George Clooney's house because he wouldn't be drinking Nespresso. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the perfect example of the difference between kind of uh, a brand ambassador and a, and a content creator. Now I'm picturing now I'm picturing like a huge cupboard full of capsules, you know, that yeah. he's never drank. And so he opens it and he gets like pours out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so what do you think the future of creators and influencer marketing is? Hmm. That's a great question. And I it's one I'm really passionate about. I think creators are today's disruptive entrepreneurs. They're the media entrepreneurs of today, but they're doing more than that. They're creating their own businesses and use leveraging the audience to disrupt traditional businesses. Um, so a few years ago, you know, DTC businesses were disrupting, you know, kind of brick and mortar businesses. That was the big trend that we were seeing. Now, creator-owned and led businesses are disrupting DTC businesses, traditional DTC businesses and traditional brick and mortar businesses too. 
And why that's happening is because today's marketing is all about relationships and trust, as I've said. And creators, when they're building the audience, I mean, you can probably attest to that, do that by working with other creators, going to them and saying, hey, come onto my show. I'll come onto your show. Let's meet. Let's network. Let's chat. And, and, and they build their audiences by, you know, building a network and showing that they're good people and that they're competent. The stuff we spoke about a little bit earlier today. And it's an organic strategy. And yes, you've got spikes sometimes. You'll have like a chance to attend like a huge event or win an award or be in the news. or And then you'll have these big kind of spikes in your growth that are triggered by that. But you're not just working from that spike. You're also constantly building your network, constantly building your audience, constantly looking at your customers, trying to figure out what's working, what's not working, what do I need to improve? How do I... You know, people use the like counts on Instagram to do that. But on 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 um, on iTunes or Spotify, you're looking at your listeners. You're looking at your your, your audience numbers, right? And you're trying to figure out how do what are the topics that we need to cover that they like. What are, so this mindset of constantly looking for growth and trying to hack that growth and figure out how can we get to to a better level. The same thing is needed in marketing if you're trying to sell a product today. It's not just like I said, like putting out an ad in the supermarket, getting distribution, and and you're done. So what a lot of creators are doing is they're building that audience, learning what that audience likes, understanding what their niche is, and taking advertising deals as seed money. That's the money that they're taking, that they're building like a, a base with. And when that seed money becomes a lot, then they go, okay, what do I need to invest it in? And they start building products and services that serve that audience directly. Like layer one might be like merchandising. I think that's the one that everybody knows because media publishers have also been doing that. But there's really interesting things out there. Uh, you know, coffee, um, uh, creators that talk about personal finance and entrepreneurship, launching coffee brands, like D2C coffee brands. Um, travel influencers, travel creators launching uh, uh, Airbnb businesses and chains. Like, also kind of very interesting. And so those creators have the trust of the audience. They know how to create a product that's innovative, disruptive, attractive, and are starting to build those businesses. What we believe is that, and what we're trying to do, is we're connecting brands, marketers, and creators right now. But a lot of the creators that we work with and that become big also come back into the platform a few months later as a marketer. And that's a fascinating thing that we're seeing that I think you know you wouldn't have been able to predict a few years ago. So what do I believe? Um, I believe that the future of the creator economy and, the, and, and influencer marketing is that ultimately... The people that brands are paying today as creators and influencers are either the people they'll be competing with or the people they'll be buying and bringing in-house into the businesses. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think um, content creation has become its own economy and we're starting to see even, even you know, when we bring apprentices into our business, they're so much more aware of, of the economics and the psychology of uh social media that that it's completely turned everything on its head they we you know we've got staff in our own team who carry more influence on social media than people who've worked in the industry for 20 years and it that's crazy it's an interesting thing in our business as well i mean we're a team of about 100 worldwide now we've grown a lot but Either we, we sometimes hire people who are creators and have an experience working as a creator. But what's funny is that the other people they work around with, like the other young people that are in our team that we work with, also at some point like become creators. Like even if they were not, 
And just by virtue of being around other creators, they start, you know, be, obviously I spoke about audiences and how, you know, when you work with somebody, you can kind of collaborate and build the audience, but just the, the, the hustle limits, like the understanding of what it takes to, Oh, cool. I can create content. I can start, I can, it's, um, it's, you know, it's a very attractive kind of, it's a, both simple and attractive, but it also fits with the mindset. I think that most young people have today, which is that, you know, I don't really want like a job. Like I'm my own CEO. I'm, I've got my own career. I'm my own CEO. I'm going to go to different jobs so I can learn from those jobs. But ultimately like I'm the captain of my own, of my own ship and, yeah. and work with other people around you to kind of build that. Yeah. And I think as more people get a taste that they can, equal or surpass their income from their job we're only going to see more and more of this where people are actually making more money from their side hustle than they are from their their day job and i think that's the i think that's the vision i think today um the, the creator uh, influencer marketing is growing really really fast it's growing about 38 percent year on year kgar so like the industry is growing fast but there's still way more supply in, than demand and what i mean by that is there's still way, there's still too few businesses like that are using creators to advertise, even though more and more are doing it. And many of them are not doing it the right way, as I mentioned. Sure. But, what, but like I said, what we're seeing is this virtuous circle. So the creators that were successful are going back into the economy and they know that to market their business, they've got to use other creators. So it's a, it's a rising tide in the virtuous circle and it will, it will only uh, contribute to make the economy grow faster and faster. That's absolutely fascinating. So, What's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? So they can come, they can visit our website, uh, humans.com, uh, humans with a Z, H-U-M-A-N-Z.com. Uh, or they can hit us up on social media and we'll be happy to, to help and guide them. We've actually got uh, on our website, you can register on our platform for free. As I said, we, we make it accessible. Um, and we've got a free online academy. So there's people that have never done influencer marketing before and they want to understand how it works and what to do in a simple manner, uh, not the guru expert way, but the simple manner, they can go to our website, sign up, uh, register to a platform free. As I said, no obligation, nothing, no credit card, nothing like that. And they can do uh, the uh, our Humans Influencer Marketing Academy for free. It's a great starting point. And from there, um, if they want you know, to try their own campaign and they're, they feel confident, they, they know a few creators and they want to measure sales from those creators or approach them and, and use our platform to transact transparently with them, they can do that. And if they need some help from a, like a, with a little bit of strategy and those kind of things, we've also got customer success managers that can help them. So humans.com, register, check it out, and uh, yeah, be well, part of it. Awesome. Pierre, thanks for being such a great guest. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.